1: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor
0: Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
1: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Bait Tehillah Community Podcast. I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Studio Plummer. B, that's
0: right. B is good. It is. You know, be say, good. Be good. <laughs> My wife has a shirt that says, Be Kind. Yeah, yeah, I like the little B and then kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. got to yeah. figure it out. It says, Be. Yeah, be kind. <laughs> the B
1: movie. Yeah, exactly. So, Uh, Welcome to Christians with Torah. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time, uh, Christians with Torah is what we are. We're Christians, which means we believe in the basic Christian doctrine. We believe uh, in Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. We believe that He came, He was, uh, He lived, He ministered here on the earth, that He uh, died, and God raised Him from the dead. Okay, so again, basic foundational Christian doctrines, and on top of that, we believe that the whole Bible, from Genesis to Maps from end to end, is relevant to believers today. And that includes the Torah, the so-called law, what really is the teachings and instructions of God. Good fathers instruct their children. God is obviously the best of fathers. That's right. And thereby, he instructs us in how to live, what to do. And if we are smart... Right? If we have wisdom and understanding, then we would heed his instructions. Amen? This is true. Amen. All right. So now you understand Christians of go ahead and subscribe. Uh, if you haven't done that already, it really helps us. There's a lot of people that watch this, but not everybody is subscribed. Also, like the video. It helps us boost up the video so that other people will see it. Um, very helpful for us. If you don't like it, don't do that. Right. But if you do, please subscribe. Please go ahead and uh, and, and like the, the video, and it would help us out. Um, and so for the last several years, or the first four years, I should say, we did the Torah portions. Last year we did the Gospel of Matthew. This year we're doing the book of Acts. And today we are in Acts chapter 7, and we're going to do the first half, verses 1 through 19. That's true. And it's Stephen's sermon. Stephen's sermon. Are you ready? I am. So what I'll do is I'll begin by reading. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to let Pastor Nick take it away from Let's there. do it. So it says, Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, men, brethren and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham, when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then come then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him from this
0: land wherein ye now dwell. Oh, we got a lot to cover on this. This is very interesting. It is. I'm saving the best for last. But, you know, it's interesting. We've got Abraham here. Uh, And Abraham today would be considered a modern-day Iraqi. Yeah. So the modern-day country of Iraq, Abraham today would be considered a modern-day Iraqi. That's quite fascinating. Uh, Notice here that the high priest was probably Caiaphas the same man who had earlier questioned and condemned Jesus. Uh, you can find that in John eighteen twenty-four. But, yeah, so the high priest was probably Caiaphas, the same man who had earlier questioned and condemned Jesus. Abraham was called from Ur of the Chaldees, and that is the modern-day country of Iraq today. He then went to Haran, which is believed to be the modern-day country of Turkey. Very interesting. You know, the seven uh, churches in Revelation were, are found in Turkey. There's a lot of there's a documentary out there this guy says all these things are just like uh the churches and different things are like untouched. Like archaeology. It's like it's just like really great archaeology. Like you don't have to dig far or go far to find ruins or churches or different things. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. I have to look that up again. But yeah, it's a gentleman that was traveling around Turkey, uh unhindered at all in in regards to that. Um So this goes on to talk about and said unto him, of course, in verses three and four, get thee out of thy country, which is a reference to Abraham, and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. So here we are. This is very important that we understand this because we have, of course, uh, Abraham is asked to do three things. He is, of course asked to, uh, you know, he's actually asked to come out of the country. He's asked to go away from his relatives and his father's house. It's kind of a picture of all of us in our Hebrew roots. You know, he pulls us out of our families and he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. And then he shows us like the land of Israel. And so we make visits and do things. And so we can see that going on, which is kind of cool. But um, as we look at the Chaldeans, Chaldea, a small country, that existed between the late 10th or early 9th and mid 6th century BC. Uh, after which, the country and its people were absorbed and assimilated into the indigenous population of Babylonia. Babylonia. Interesting. So, the Ur of the Chaldees or the Chaldeans, they were absorbed into Babylon, Babylonians. Now, Haran, Abraham's father, it's kind of interesting. You have a Haran, which is a place, and then you have Haran as the father. Haran,
1: Abraham, Haran, Abraham's father's
0: name is Terah. I'm sorry, Terah, yeah. So Haran. Haran is Abraham's brother. Yeah, Haran, yeah, Abraham's brother. I, I put Abraham's father in, I got mixed up. Right. But anyway, Haran uh, had great ambition to move his family from Ur to Canaan, but he never completed the journey and ended up in Haran where he died.
1: Hmm, so Terah. Terah. I mean, Terah. Terah is the Abra- father. Abraham's
0: father. Got yeah, it, I got it, got, got it. I got it. Got, I, nobody came with me and shared that with me. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. Let me. I want to look at that. Let's look at X uh, seven three through four. While well, you're doing
1: that, um, you know, we start off here, and I was confused when I first read this because it says when it starts off, yeah, the high priest said, that. "Are these things so?" At the very beginning in verse one, and so what we're talking about is at the end of chapter six, everybody's accusing him of saying all these blasphemous things against the temple, right, and against right. against
0: Moses. That's true.
1: But then it says, and he said. So I was thinking, like, then the high priest said, are these things so? And he said, I thought this was the high priest that started off with men, brethren, fathers, hearken, you know, all this. But this is actually Stephen that's saying this. Stephen's, you know, beginning a sermon, and he's the one talking about Abraham
0: and Ur and all that kind of stuff. You have to fix that. You're right. I don't know why I got confused on that.
1: Yeah, well, because it's it's Haran is the name of the city that they go to after Haran dies. I just got to fix that. So I was confused about that as well. Is there any relation, and maybe you could put this in the comments for us, is there any relation between Haran, the city that Terah ends up taking his family to, and Abraham, right, after the death of his son Haran, is there any relation to the name of the son Haran and the place Haran?
0: That's interesting. You know, uh, as we look at this, uh, and this is very important that we understand this, at the Tower of Babel, God scattered the people and created the nations, But God chose Abram to create the nation of Israel just for him. Mm -hmm. So at the Tower of Babel, now we are creating all these nations, but um, God chose Abram to create the nation of Israel for himself. Very interesting. Um, Discuss why it is so important to see it all the way through when receiving God's instructions. Um, These are just my thoughts, and Ryan, I'll ask you this as well. You know, it's not how you start, but how you finish. It's a famous quote. Um, also, I would like to say that the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, boy, he's a true hero of the faith. He says to him, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good word. I mean, that's we all want to finish, you know, what we started. Right. We want to finish what God has started in us. So for me, that's like, shoo, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a lot that entails the vision of Beit Healer. So I fully recognize
1: that when God gives us instructions that we should be obedient for the sake of the Lord's commandment. Right? I get that. However, I will also want to just point out that if God really wanted something done right, he'd send an angel. <laughs> right? Maybe. And, and we have examples throughout Scripture where he does send an angel. And not for nothing, there's example after example where God gives instructions to to men in the Bible, even great men, men of renown, right, that we read about today, even Abraham, where uh, they take matters into their own hands in some way, shape, or form and mess like it up. Like
0: King Saul didn't do what he was told. Right.
1: Or, or even Abraham birthing an Ishmael, right, which we're still dealing with the consequences to this day. Yeah, we are. And so... But because each of us are his children, his sons, right, the ones that he has chosen, praise God, he allows us to participate in his plan, not necessarily to accomplish the thing that he wants to accomplish, because I think it's very clear in Scripture we can make an argument that he'll accomplish it with with or without us, right? Whatever God wants to accomplish, he's going to accomplish. But he picks us and chooses us. So for us, it's an opportunity to participate in the plan of God. And so it's almost we could have— selfish motive really to participate in the, the, the plan of God and st- still be well within righteousness if that makes sense. Sure. Because we're doing it because we want to be the one that participates in the plan of God that he's called us to.
0: That's true. You know, you, you know um, what is it? Let's well, live what's revealed, but it's also, you know, if he shows you to do it, do it, you know, and yeah. he'll always give you provision. You know, live what's revealed. We used to say live what's revealed a lot more.
1: We don't. We don't really say it as much anymore. But like coming into the Hebrew roots, one of the cool things about the people that are zealous in the Hebrew roots. There's plenty of things wrong with the zealotry in the Hebrew roots. Right. But one of the things that's right about it is the reading of the scriptures and the saying like, how can I do this? How can I serve the Lord in this? Like, I found something. How's this relevant? How can I apply this to my life? How is it relevant? Yeah. Right. And so more and more, we want to get there. We don't want to stop being that way. We want to continue to, to find things in the scriptures and be like, man, I can apply that to my life. Let me, let me walk that out. Let me do that. Because it doesn't just say, hey, he who keeps my commandments. It says, he who keeps my commandments and does them, right?
0: You know, and that's the thing. You can be trapped by your own personal job and say, well, this is who I am. I'm a box maker. <laughs> no, that's what you do. Right know Reggie white was notorious for that the minister of defense I got to talk with him and, and met him and stuff and got it I obviously have a signed card and stuff but he um, he actually said you know football is what I do but it's not who I am amen so you got to think about that as men yeah this is what we do but that's not who we are right so uh, I guess it's my turn to read it is I'm going to read Acts chapter 7 verses 5 through 8 And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And God spake on this wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil four hundred years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. Man, there's a lot in those verses. Whew.
1: You know, the, uh, the Abraham... Himself, right, was given no possession in the promised land. That's true. Not even the length of a foot. I know. That's nuts. Showing that God was working even when a temple did not yet exist. Right. Right. These promises. Um and so, and he offers a prophesied to him. Four hundred years is the time that the children of Israel spent in Egypt. Right, or or really more accurately, right, between the time of Abraham receiving the promise and getting, coming out of Egypt is four hundred years. Right, I believe.
0: That's a good point.
1: Um, but here's here's something I, I want to bring up real quick. Let me find Matthew, um, chapter twenty-two. Um, okay, so. The Sadducees come and they confront Jesus in this account in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29. It says, answered, uh, Jesus answered and said unto them, because they had said, Therefore in the resurrection whose wife shall she be? This is where they're confronting him about oh, yeah. whose wife, right? <laughs> and he says, Ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. <laughs> Now, that doesn't make sense, I think, to most Christians when they read that. You err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. He says, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but as, are as the angels of God in heaven. I don't really like that verse. I think that was added later, you know. I just choose whichever ones I decide which were added later, okay? But then he says this, and this is the part that I like, verses 31 and 32. He says, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying... I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And so, obviously, everybody was like, you know, that, that where people are like, oh, I could just imagine like the meme that came out right after that, yeah. you know, where everybody was like, can you believe he said that? <laughs> Don't
0: oh, you feel Oh, me? how Jesus wants to correct us religious leaders today. Uh, let me tell you. If you just let him. Yeah, yeah. Let him in. Say, Lord correct me. Just, and so Don't turn my tables over.
1: You know, to me he's he's explaining the mystery here, Stephen is, of how Abraham didn't get the land, but he's promised the land. And so right. one of two things is true. Either God didn't mean what he said to Abraham, or Abraham is gonna live again and set foot on that land and it'll be his possession. Wow. Which I think will be pretty cool. Sure. So, verses seven and eight: "And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge," said God. And after that they shall come forth to serve me in this place. And He gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac, and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. A couple notes: the Jewish rite of circumcision, like Israel's regular sacrifices and annual feasts, was intended to be a very meaningful event, as with all religious rites or rituals, circumcision was designed to serve as an outer symbol of an inner reality. Those who participated thoughtfully would be reminded of the profound spiritual truth. So I would compare this to baptism.
0: Right? That's the sign of the circumcision.
1: Right. And then what's the sign of the Mosaic covenant, Pastor Nick?
0: Oh, it's the Shabbat. It's the Shabbat. Sabbath. The Sabbath. So if you want to be in covenant with
1: God, then there are symbols of the covenant. Now, does that nullify the covenant if you don't have the symbol? Not necessarily. But, you know, why wouldn't you want to be marked by God?
0: Some of the Jewish sages say that when Joseph brought his brothers near to reveal himself to them, he showed him his circumcision.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting cultural differences today. But if I'm not hey, mistaken, I'm I think
0: the Egyptians did circumcision. I'm not sure, though. Really? I believe, so. I believe there was something along the lines of that they did circumcision, too. Course, yeah, but what school of thought is that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know either. Did they find some old foreskins? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Petrified. Think so. <laughs> Petrified. <laughs> awesome. You heard it here first, folks. I'm just saying. It makes things that make you go, hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I want to mention that uh, the there is a spiritual and a physical to every reality. And the same goes with circumcision. And if you had to prioritize one over the other, right, just like with baptism, being born again in the Spirit or being, you know, actually physically immersed in water, which one would you want to prioritize, right? It's the same thing with circumcision. There's circumcision of the heart and circumcision of the flesh. Circumcision of the flesh is an outward symbol of an inward occurrence, just like with baptism.
0: That's true. All You're covering a lot of, you know, Stephen's sermon is pretty good.
1: It is. I'm going to read... Uh, About Joseph now. Yes, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And for those of you following along, uh, I'm going to read verses 9 through 13 of chapter 7 here in Acts. It says, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him, and delivered him out of all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, <laughs> and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto
0: Pharaoh. Oh, man, this is a treasure. I love Joseph. Oh, yeah. That's my... Second son's middle name, Yosef, Nehemiah, Yosef. Yeah, Joseph is powerful, man. The Joseph history contrasts how the patriarchs were blessed by the brother whom they rejected. Israel's rejection of God's chosen leaders is a theme that runs throughout Stephen's speech, culminating in the rejection of Jesus. Wow, that's powerful. What What a vacuum we have, a need for real leadership today. Who are our heroes? Where are the heroes of today? We're right here. You know, what are you talking about? That's true, but I'm just saying. If you, if you can't find one, you got to be one. Wow, the Joseph history contrasts how the patriarchs were blessed by their brother whom they rejected. Wow, you,
1: it's funny too because he, he this sure. is like a, like a, like a little phrase that he uses to try to summarize
0: the whole story of Joseph. You know, I know, and it's like, you know, that's amazing though. If you ask me, when you really think about it. <sighs> He's got all the nuts and bolts in his sermon. He man. does. He does. For I'm sure. impressed. It I mean, is. The guy didn't have some scroll. I don't think he had a scroll or anything in front of him. No, it's good. Somewhere. I think he's just preaching, man. He is. He knows the word. He is. Um, God was with Joseph and delivered him out of all his afflictions. God's presence with Joseph in Egypt shows that God can bless those outside the promised land. Amen. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's in the Psalms. But it's a very powerful word because... Within that psalm, though, it says, no bone shall be broken. So it's kind of, he's like the perfect sacrifice. So our afflictions are because of our fallen nature. But because of the Messiah, no bone would be broken. That's found in the psalm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. If you look up that word afflictions, it's bad. That's yeah. all I can tell you. It doesn't matter what it is, it hurts. It's bad. Yeah, It's bad, bad, bad. Um, when you talk about this word dearth, it mm-hmm. is the Hebrew word um lemos greek word right lemos yeah it means famine and hunger okay now there came a dearth over all the land of egypt and hanan and great affliction and our fathers found no sustenance but when jacob heard that there was corn in egypt he sent out our fathers first you know first reading the bible i'm thinking corn corn no it's wheat it's a grain yeah grain it's grain. so when joseph first noticed his brothers who came to get grain he knew them but they did not recognize him
1: Here's something I was thinking about. It just occurred to me. Now, we didn't really discover corn until people came over to the um, the new land, right? The corn that right. we know of today and discovered it from the Native Americans. That's what I'm thinking. So when it says corn here, it just means the word for grain in old, right. you know, like, English. English. That's true. Just like the word meat doesn't mean right.
0: like I know. the flesh of an animal. Oh, man, meat. meat is just food. Right. Meat is the, well, meal. Right. Meal offering. Grain. It's all grain. Meat is grain. Corn is grain. So, you know, it's interesting today, you know, uh, and of course it says in Acts 7, 13, and at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. We are witnessing today the restoration and the regathering of the two houses of Ephraim and Judah. We don't have to go to these references, but I want to list them for you. In Isaiah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, we have Ephraim and Judah mentioned. Hosea 111, the house of Israel, the house of Judah mentioned. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 16 and 17, the two sticks become one, Ephraim and Judah. And of course, in Zechariah chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, we have the mention of Judah being the bow and Ephraim being the arrow being shot out. So that's pretty cool. So Judah and Joseph have uh, two of the longest blessings given by their father, Jacob. In Genesis 49, verses 8 through 12, is Judah, and then 22 through 26 is Joseph. There's like four verses. Pretty interesting. Uh, expound on that pretty well. It's pretty neat to see and read those as well. Joseph has a lot of portions in Genesis. I think he's got more mentioned about him than any other chapters, any other person, if I'm not mistaken, or something along those lines. But yeah, Joseph is a main character. The house of Joseph. And the Apostle Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. So where was he going? To the house of Joseph, to the church, to pull out a people for his namesake. Because Benjamin was just returning the favor of surviving the famine, and getting all the blessings from Joseph, you know, the extra clothing and food and different things that Joseph gave him because he was the little brother. But uh, I do find it interesting how relevant it is the fact that we know that Judah is our brother, but they're discovering that, that that we are somehow related, that we're family. You know, they even recognize Ishmael as their brother. So what better to recognize Joseph as your brother than Ishmael? I mean, to that <laughs> no degree. Doubt. I mean we're not going to we don't want to bring them harm. We believe they have a right to the land and to building communities and having their lives, amen, and not to live in terror. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I've got on that, uh, Ryan. So if you want to interject anything, there's a lot of good stuff in there because we went to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to now to Joseph. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's all well, building up.
1: The, I think it it bears witness to the fact that these apostles, right, and, and Stephen's not an apostle, but Stephen is a – uh, man. Like who the first deacon, maybe. Of honest report. Wait, serving. Filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom, is what the Bible says about him. And so he has a good witness, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. I think this is, is an important note. And so That's true. Even the story, I think, about that we read in chapter 6, I say the story, the account we read in chapter 6 about how they chose, um, you know, men, including Stephen, to take care of the widows. Uh, was really just a context to show like how awesome Stephen really was, right? That he's a servant, that he's of good report and all these things. So now that he's giving this history, I, it's funny because I think people associate Stephen with like the church. But Stephen's, I mean, we're talking about Jewish stuff here. Yeah. And we're giving Jewish history here. And it's not just providing the Jewish history just for context for the, the yeah. religious Yeah, he'll,
0: he'll be the first martyr in the New Testament. Yeah, but.
1: Right, but he's a Jew. Right. So it's it's important, I think, to just recognize that. That's
0: all. Well, that's awesome. So here we go. It's my turn to read now, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read Acts chapter 7, verses 14 through 19. Joseph reunited with his father Jacob. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen souls. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers, and were carried over into uh, Shechem uh, and laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emar, the father of Shechem. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children, to the end they might not live. Mm.
1: All right, so in regards to Abraham buying the sepulcher of the sons of Emor, the father of Shechem in the Old Testament, it shows that Jacob bought a parcel of a field where he spread his tent. Now, now you, you have here on the note Abraham buying the sepulcher, right?
0: Yeah, that's true, yeah. But,
1: but it's this is the sepulcher of not from—this is from uh,
0: the Machpelah, right? Well, if you just look at the reference of it, if you go back and look at it, it's kind of interesting— um,
1: Because Jacob buys a field in Shechem, Abraham buys a field in Hebron, right, or buys the cave and the field surrounding it in Hebron.
0: Yeah, that's true, but the, you know, like I said, you got to go back and look at it, because let's see where he goes in here, and just so you understand. Uh, doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. Hmm.
1: So then, at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money, and this is found in Genesis 33:19. Uh, and this is where Joseph was buried it seems that Stephen is using the name of Abraham to refer to all of Abraham's family or descendants including Jacob got it another possible explanation is that Abraham had earlier bought the same piece of land when he built an altar in Shechem also possible but Jacob later later had to repurchase it just as Isaac had needed to regenerate his rights to a well that Abraham had earlier bought in Beersheba Um, right which makes sense Uh, yeah because we're we're referring to the seed of Abraham and that includes Isaac and Jacob and Jacob buys this field and there's a whole you know in Genesis 33 you can find the account uh, of him buying the field
0: Uh, uh, uh. that's interesting
1: now uh, verses 17 through 19 but when the time of the promise drew nigh which God had sworn to Abraham the people grew and multiplied in Egypt "...till another king arose which knew not Joseph, the same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live." And so this is obviously just mentioning how uh, when Moses was born, that whole story surrounding the... Oh yeah, the, the, now we're into
0: Moses. Moses. Oh, Moses.
1: Now while the children of Israel had the promise of Abraham, they multiplied in Egypt. And he said that you'd be a father of a multitude, right? And uh, and the multitude is in Egypt now. Um, Most scholars agree that it's, uh, what is the land? The Goshen, right? Yeah. Now, another king arose in Egypt that did not know Joseph and did evil to the children of Israel. So um, I've been watching some, like, cool, this cool YouTube channel called Expedition Bible. You ever seen this guy? Gosh, what's his name? Expedition Bible. Anyway, so he does a great job of doing biblical archaeology videos and just kind of taking um, uh, taking kind of the history and then overlaying it uh, on top of, of the the Bible stories and showing you, like, see, here's this in the Bible, and this is why we know that this is, is this place. Joel Kramer is his name. His YouTube channel is called Expedition Bible. And K-R-A-M-E-R? K-R-A-M-E-R, yep. I think I've sent you something from him before. Uh, I'll, I'll check it. I'd be interested in that. And uh, But he goes around the land, man, doing all these cool videos. He just did one on um, Abraham's altar in Mamre, I think, was his latest video. I watched it. Um, but the – where was I? I was just – I got myself sidetracked there looking up his name. Um, okay, so the king that arose in Egypt, there's uh, Thutmose II, right? Thutmose Third. there's all these, these pharaohs. So they've, there's become, like, remember how it used to be there was confusion, oh, no, it's Ramses. And everybody kind of says, no, it's not yeah, Ramses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In recent kind of scholarship, they've, they think they've narrowed it down because they went through and they had to find out, like, one of the things that they know about this pharaoh, uh, I think it's Ahatep, something like that. I don't know. It's an Egyptian name, the second. Right. That he could not have been succeeded by his firstborn son. Because what happened? The firstborn son of Pharaoh was killed in the plagues, right? And so they did that whole the whole bit, um, and they've gone through and they found what they think is in the fourteen fifty BC. So like
0: Pharaoh's like a title.
1: Pharaoh is a title, but they think they found the Pharaoh of oh, wow. the Exodus. Who oh. it is? Oh, that's
0: deep. It is deep. That's kind of interesting.
1: And because they have like because the Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, well, why wouldn't they have known Joseph? Joseph was literally the prime minister, right? And these people are Joseph's people. So anybody that would have been in the dynasty of that pharaoh would have known Joseph. You know, so they have, yeah. what, what is it? it's not the Ptolemies, it's because that's the way later. We're talking the Huxos, Hyksos, the Hyksos, Hix, Hixos? The Hyksos yeah. come or something like that.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I, I thought that he was the Assyrian.
1: So that I think that's who the Assyrian. The Hyksos. Assyrian,
0: and this is where the Antichrist is supposed to come He's right. supposed to be an Assyrian. Right, right, right. So right. this guy, the Assyrian somehow got power.
1: And so I think that's true. And I think it's the Assyrians' I, that's the one who
0: something. That's the one that caused harm.
1: Yeah. But I think that's, I think they fig, go watch his channel. He's got I'll, a I'll no video say, on it.
0: Well, it's like the whole dynasty thing, you know. Right. Where, where it's a the new di- dynasty. Where does the dynasty begin and where does it end? Like the Hasmoneans, you know, just like um, the Maccabees, you know. Right. Herod put an end to the Hasmonean dynasty, you know. So oh, the, you sure did. So anyway, so it's just interesting. But they were corrupt. Did you know that the Hasmoneans were corrupt? Yeah,
1: his video is is The Exodus Pharaoh Explained. Um, and that's the video uh, that he did on that one. And it's got, like, pictures of mummies. There's three mummies in the middle. Because I think they might even have his, his mummy, like his actual body, which is insane, right? Talk about physical evidence. <laughs> What's it called, The Exodus? Um, the Exodus Pharaoh Explained. And it's, uh, it's 22 minutes. Good video. Um, and he kind of takes you through... And he's an archaeologist, which is cool because he's giving you and he's taking you to like, hey, and this, this is, and he's quoting and he's showing you like pictures of like the books that he reads and stuff. He's like highlighting like, look, this is, and this is what it that's says good. in this excavation report. And this is what they found in this excavation right. report. And we're taking these and putting them together. He's like, so why is it that secular scholars don't point to this? Right, that's he true. He says, obviously, there's some reason. That's good. <laughs> it is good. I like it. All right. So Stephen's review of Jewish history is, gives a clear testimony of God's faithfulness and sovereignty. Despite the continued failures of his chosen people and the swirling world events, God was working out his plan. When faced with a confusing array of circumstances, remember these truths. Number one, God is in control. (laughs) Hallelujah. Nothing surprises him. Yes. Number two, this world is not all there is. It will pass away but God is eternal. Remember, I, Yeshua says,
0: heaven and earth will pass At away, but my words days, will not pass away. Ta-da, here I am. That's right.
1: Number three, God is just, and he will make things right, punishing the wicked and rewarding the faithful. Mm. And number four, God wants to use you. You, Pastor Nick. You, he wants Thank you. you. And you, you, your, you watching and you listening much. to this right now, he wants to use you. That's right, you. Like Joseph, Moses, and Stephen to make a difference in the world. Whew.
0: Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yeah, do I think you, those bullet points speak for themselves. Do you believe? Good. Yeah. Do you believe in what you're doing? Mm-hmm. I think this is, uh, this is really good. I mean, think about it. We go from Abram to Abraham to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to Joseph. Now, the storyline is going to take us all the way to Moshe, Moses, right, right. where we will continue in that vein of thought. Moshe. So that's where we're leading up to. It's a real synopsis of the uh, biblical history here. I'm I'm pretty impressed with Stephen, to say the least. This guy was learned. Oh yeah. I'm just saying. Even if he was a Hellenized Jew, the guy was learned. Yeah. He was smart.
1: Well, he could have been that Hellenized. He
0: had some academics. I mean. I think the
1: Hellenistic Jews. When we say Hellenistic Jews, I think it's confusing because we think of Jews that are secular and have forsaken God. That's what I think of when I think of a Hellenistic Jew, you know. Because um, like I was reading last, you know, one of the in the chapter six notes that we did, and it talks about the Grecians being Hellenistic Jews from the Diaspora, and I was like, well, that could be confusing because like would we consider the Apostle Paul a Hellenistic Jew from the Diaspora? He was born in Tarsus, right? That's clearly the Diaspora, and he's yeah, a jew you, you that grew up in can, you, you a greek
0: philosophy town you have to break it down you know, and, town, and, and look you know? at
1: it that's what i'm saying so like when you say it as a label it i think it means one thing to some people and one thing and another thing to other people
0: yeah it's, especially if it's scholarly you know right. you're you're being like a scholar and you're just saying some things which which are relevant which makes sense but then if you break it down you're like well i don't know maybe it could be like this or that or yeah,
1: well, it's like when you hear scholars talk about like the levant and you're like the land of israel <laughs> or palestine Israel. Oh, I Let me spell it for you. I S- <laughs> I I-S-R-A-E-L. Israel. <know>. I know.
0: <laughs> Sorry. My daughter was doing a project about Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the word Palestine came up and said, we're not putting that in the report. <laughs> and she said, okay, Daddy. So. Palestina. Yeah, Palestine. Fleshteen. You know what it is? They made that part of the Fertile Crescent, Palestine. It's funny, too, because in the Hebrew roots, too. Yeah, like, that's part of the Fertile Crescent, Palestine.
1: Like, I'll hear, like, in regular Christendom, right, they have this word...
0: Pentateuch,
1: which is just a weird word. to me. I get it. it that's means, in the it Strong's the concordance. First five. Yeah,
0: the first five, the Pentateuch. I yeah. get it. If okay. you look it up in the Strong's concordance, that's what it says. Or the Decalogue.
1: The Decalogue is uh, is not the Pentateuch because the Decalogue includes ten books. That's right? That's
0: true. So well, the Decalogue would be the Ten Commandments. Maybe. That's it. That's another, it. You're right. Another term for is the ten, is ten, Commandments. ten Commandments. Okay.
1: Right. The whereas the Pentateuch would be the first five books, right? The books of Moses, aka the Torah, right. Um, why we have to come up with, like, Roman names for everything when right. we already have a name. And Torah, like, Pentateuch is a hard word to say. Torah, not a hard word to say, right? right. Like, we want to simplify things. Anyways, my point was just that, like, in the Hebrew roots, people are not really into, like, the Roman Catholic Church, to say the least. There's a lot of in, people that kind of have the some... The Protestants, idea. yeah. They're they, well, they're protesting more than, Catholics. They're, like, protesting the Protestants. <laughs> the protesters of the protesters. <laughs> So y'all about, didn't protest enough but what about
0: the Septuagint isn't that the uh, the Old Testament in Greek yeah the Tanakh in Greek yeah so
1: but that's I mean the Septuagint is, is um, it's the Old
0: Testament the whole Old Testament right, right it's the in whole Greek? yeah it's that, called the Septuagint yeah, yeah the
1: 22 books of the Old right. Testament right but it's really 39 yeah so what's funny is it's the 22 books is the same as our 39 it's the same content just split up differently right
0: all right, what things. two points did you get out of Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 19, Ryan?
1: So, my first point was that both Yeshua and Stephen used the patriarchs to describe God's faithfulness. And here we are today, and there they were then, right, uh, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob having yet to be resurrected. So, the fulfillment of the prophecies f- given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have only been fulfilled in part. Right and thereby we look forward, right? Even the, even the Messianic prophecies have only been fulfilled in part, and we look forward to the fu- full fulfillment, the fullness right. of what God is going to do with them. That's good. And uh, I would also say that my second one would be, when faced with persecution for your faith, turn to the Word of God and use that. Because we could kind of come up with our own words, right? But at the end of the day, what does God say? That's I think true. that's that's my second point.
0: That's really good. I uh, I use one of the bullet points here. Um, number one, Stephen's review of Jewish history gives a clear testimony of God's faithfulness and sovereignty. Right? Because as he's telling the story, it's being played out. Right? That's right. So his his clear. Testimony of God's faithfulness and sovereignty. And number two, I just have to throw this in there because it's so important. The house of Joseph, the house of Joseph, Ephraim, is being united with the house of Judah today. I want to culminate that because as he's putting all this together, leading even up to Moses, we have to remember that uh, this is all a family tree that God wants to unite in the last days. So the house of Joseph, Ephraim, is being united with the house of Judah today. So this whole genealogy thing of the family of Israel is being reunited amen which is kind of cool it's like a continuation well what happened to abraham isaac and jacob and joseph and moses and ryan what mm-hmm. happened here i am that's right i'm grafted in i'm in That's awesome i'm in let's pray out all right father we want to thank you for stephen we want to thank you for the first martyr he gave his life he gave the most ultimate message father that was so true and they tried to kill that message but father stephen's words are still true today and the, the whole history of Israel and the history of your redemptive plan, Father, is being played out right now, even as we speak on this microphone right now, Father. So we thank you for Stephen. We just give him our love and just tell him how much we appreciate him for being a true martyr, a true man of God, a true son of God. May we reflect that in our life as well, Father, that we will not love our life even unto death and that we will tell the truth. And we just ask all of this in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Well, listen, keep the conversation going in the comments, questions, anything like that. Put them in the comments, especially on YouTube. It uh, helps us out there. And then uh, if you wanted to email me personally, uh, you can reach me at Ryan Uh Stay in touch. Love to hear from you. Stay blessed by the best. Bless you guys. Have a great week.